Awesome. Let's pray, let's stay standing, we're gonna quickly pray. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. We have this desire to do your will, and even as we have this desire, we thank you that we can submit to you. We can resist the devil, so that's what we do right now, we resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee, pray to protection around us and our children, and we pray in this hedge that you would minister to us. Anyone who needs healing or breakthrough or leadership in any way, would you give it to us, God? Whatever our needs are, I thank you that you hear our cries. And also pray that you prepare our hearts for your word. Um, that our hearts would be like good soil that your word could be planted into. And then anyone who's not in relation with you and without hope in this place, I pray that you'd knock on the door of their heart today and that they could open that door and receive you as their Savior in Jesus' name. And everyone believed it said, amen. Awesome, you guys can take your seats. It's so good to be in the house and of course to live in a beautiful city. We are blessed. Who, who really has enjoyed the summer in Cape Town? Hey, we've had some good weather. Of course, the last two days have gone to another level. Of course, we wanna be the best city, so we had to have like the hottest day of the year. Like we, we just have to. But um, also not only for the city, I've always had a sense since I was about 18 coming to this church um, that God was gonna do something amazing in our country and that um, He would make us the head and not the tail and that He'd get the glory for it. So I just wanna again remind you that, that I believe you're living in a country that's gonna see a miracle um, and that see, seeing a huge blessing and that everyone who's left will go, why did I leave? Amen. Can everyone say amen? <laughs> Check it. Yeah, it's like in the middle there. Oh, yeah. But I really believe that, that God's gonna do something amazing in this country and people will be knocking, wishing they lived here like most people do when they see our sunset photos. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. Since Solomon, he would have been the wealthiest man to ever live. He would have been the wisest man and he experienced all of uh, life really. He experienced the good and he shows that he experienced the bad. Um, he speaks about how chasing after life can be meaningless, but he also points out that there's actually a time for everything. What we learn from having this time is that there can be, so you can spend uh, our life actually um, on the wrong things. You can spend your time on the wrong things. This year, I'm actually getting distracted. Can we open both the back doors and all, so it just helps with the airflow. Sorry, if we open all the doors at the back and um, this aircon works on airflow, it's a natural, if we open them fully and the back, then everyone will start getting cooler as we go. Awesome. Sorry, I'm just aware of the heat. Um, so Solomon says, because there's a time for everything, there's actually a lot of opportunity to spend time on the wrong things. Can we agree? Hey, I've no doubt maybe you've had a day where you actually thought, well, I shouldn't have spent my time on that. Um, sorry, guys, we actually need to open the doors at the back as well, like fully open. Yeah, sorry, that's how the airflow works. So it actually has to be fully open. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. I can see what's happening in the back. Awesome, okay, there, that's, it's all open. So then Solomon says this, this is actually a big one. He says, naked a man comes from his mother's womb and as he comes, he departs. Okay, naked as he comes, as naked as he comes, he will depart. And there's a famous um, uh, businessman, a Rockefeller, who at that time in his life was the wealthiest man on earth. And I reckon if you put his wealth in today, he would still be one of the most wealthy men. Um, he, they asked his accountant after he had passed away what he had left. And the accountant said, he left everything. <laughs> 
He didn't take anything with him. Everything he'd accumulated had been left behind. And Solomon points this out to us, as, as naked as you come into this world as a baby, that's how you're gonna leave. You can't take anything with you. But because of that, we see scriptures like Ephesians 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So it's key for you and I to understand the Lord's will because man's plans, um, they don't always work out, but Scripture says God's will, God's purpose prevails. If you and I can figure out what God's purpose is for our life, we'll have prevailing power in our life. We will have unstoppable power, but we have to figure out how to do this. So yes, we have to be very careful. I'm gonna give you some principles around time quickly. I've no doubt you might've heard these things, but I'm gonna mention to you because it will help you get on the same page. But here it is, some time principles. Our most valuable asset is time. Can we agree? Why we say that is you can get more money, but you can't get more time. You can't. And we cannot manage time. We can only manage opportunities. Agree? We cannot do everything. And Solomon says there's actually a time for everything. So without time, we can't do everything. And there is a, um, this momentum, this, this value that's added to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period. There's a snowball effect that happens. And I've understood it and I've always believed that there can be more. You know, you see these famous sportsmen who practice and practice and practice and practice, and then we see them break records and we see things uh, pay off. And, and you and I can think, wow, that happens in sports. But I'll let you know that happens in the kingdom. That actually happens in your marriage. That happens in your finances. That happens with your children. But for us, we understand that it happens in our spiritual lives. That's why Leanne and I, we put God first every year. We put God first every month. We, we put God first every week. So every year we do a fast. Every month we, we honor Him with the area of our increased tithes and offerings. Um, every week, the first day of the week, Sunday, it's not Monday. Every day, His mercies are new every morning. So, so before we put in our social media, we actually get into the Word. And, and we, we, we try to honor God. We're not perfect, but we believe that there's this momentum that that's coming, and yes, I do believe what's to come is greater than I've ever experienced, that the breakthrough that's coming is bigger than I've ever experienced. The momentum that's on my life, not because of me, but because of Christ in my life, is greater than what can come against me. For if Christ is for me, who can be a? You can use your time to create a momentum. Decide what's important, then manage that decision daily. So Solomon, we've seen now, he says there's a time for everything, but as naked as you come to this world, that's the same, you're gonna leave the same way. So Ephesians points out, you need to, of course now, be wise. And we've looked at some time principles. I wanna point out a principle that's actually the most significant one. And this is it. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. That's maybe one of the most true Wise statements I've heard that I can pass on to you. This will be the best year of your life 
if it's the best year of your life spiritually. Why we say this is that you are more spiritual than your physical. You're gonna live forever in heaven and physically you're gonna live a short time on earth. And as you live a spiritual life, your physical life, which is the shorter part of you, the, the, of your life, it's the, uh, the least part of your eternal life, can be used to your advantage. But your physical life's not a gentleman, it's a bully, feed me Seymour. No one remembers that movie. I'm clearly way too old to make that, like you know, it's weird. But, but, but you, our bodies are not gentlemen. Our flesh forces itself, but this, the Spirit of God's a gentleman. But if we let the Spirit of God lead us and we're spiritually healthy, we will have the best year we've ever had. You try it and come tell me. If it didn't work out, you can say, okay, you, you know what I mean? You need to get that year back for me. But I believe the best year you'll ever live is the best year spiritual, your best spiritual year. So we have to live a spiritual life first. Even as I say that, you might be going, amen, I need to do that. And you might go, okay, you know what I'm doing? I'm gonna get to church more, I'm gonna read my Bible more, and I'm gonna start serving. And I think those are good things. Leanne and I do that. I always wanna be available to serve. And, and you know, even on Fridays, I wanna get there early to serve um, at the junior youth where my, 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 uh, my oldest daughter goes. Uh, but I wanna be available. I, 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 I'm just, I'm one of the sons of this house. I, I get to serve you. I, I enjoy it. I actually have more fun when we've hosted ladies conference serving in the car park because it's just refreshing to serve others. No strings attached. I encourage you to do that. Now, I'm blessed by um, the Word, but, but I also need to, to make you aware that if you don't fall in love with Jesus first and just try to do things that Christians do, then Christianity will become one of the biggest burdens you've ever experienced. And you're not gonna like it. It's gonna be like putting a muzzle around your neck and you now can't do what you want to do. And it's like, the only reason is because you got a muzzle. Nothing's changed in your heart. It's like your dog biting the postman. Now you, you've actually muzzled the dog, but it still really likes biting postman. <laughs> if I can just get a one more bite of that postman. And that's not what I want for you. When God looks down, He says, I don't want your deeds. I actually want your heart. And as I get your heart, you will overflow in the works you're called to. You'll overflow in your relationship with me, your devotion. You'll wanna be in the, the house and, and worshiping me corporately. You'll be refreshed in that place. You'll wanna be in my word. It's my love letter to you. And you'll wanna serve others because the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. And it's gonna be the, out of the overflow and it'll be your greatest joy. But the first thing is I want your heart. And if there's ever a time to grow in your relationship with God, it's all the time. And not that you're gonna find ways to do it, but all the time, but I encourage you to find ways. To go for walks, listen to worship, speak to God, tell Him your desire. Maybe you feel like that desire is just a small desire. Well, it says all you need is a, a faith the size of mustard seed to tell a mountain to move. 
If you bring that small desire for God, I have no doubt He can ignite that fire and you can have an encounter with Him. And that's why even in our prayer and fasting now for this, from Monday all the way to Friday, we went from 7 to 8 p.m. We're gonna be worshiping here. Uh, we, we coming in, of course, we in a 21-day fast. If you're not fasting, you can come as well. That can be part of your fast, just coming, walking away from, from sort of sitting at home and coming towards the fast. But you can even tell people, I'm so hungry. No one will know. We will all just agree with you because we are hungry. And then as you are hungry with us, we say, God, this is how hungry I wanna be for you. And in that place, you can just start to fall in love with Jesus again. I promise you, people who've come to our worship and prayer nights, they've had encounters with God where they actually go, I don't wanna eat, I just want this. I want God's presence. But I encourage you to first have a desire to fall in love with God. Now there's this big rocks principle that might help you. Why this is so significant. And, and I've asked him to put a picture up. Of course on the side there, and they go, so that's for Camps Bay. Camps Bay is, is live, welcome Camps Bay. And so on this picture, you see the first jar, it's just really, let's say sand from the beach. It's just filled up with the small things in life. Maybe some of the things that you weren't even planning that happened to you. And you go, that day wasn't planned. And, and maybe the, the, the first jar is pretty much just filled up with social media, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, all these things that aren't really big, but they take up a lot of time. And what a lot of us try to do is we, we try to then fill out the big things, the important things in our life up after the small things. A lot of people organize their life like this. And then they realize, I'm gonna put the big things, my relationship with God, my marriage, my, my family, uh, my health, um, so my, my spiritual life, like separation with God, my finances, all these big things, my job. And then you look at the last job and they actually don't fit in. And the whole philosophy is, if you put the big things in first, everything else will fit. But if you put the small things in life and let the small things become a priority and take up your time and the important things, you will find the big things won't fit into your life anymore. You'll find you won't have time for the big things. You're not gonna have time for your relationship with God. All of a sudden, the time for your marriage, is just, it disappears. The time for your kids, you go, where's the time gone? The time for your health and you wake up and you're actually in a bad place. Um, the time to actually budget your finance, you wake up and you go, Chish, I'm actually not a steward of what God's given me and the big things are neglected because the small thing's going first. The, the whole principle is this, and the, the next picture is, is that we need to put the big rocks in first. My relation with God's number one. And then my marriage is, have you married or your family? And then, of course, you can look at your, your physical health. You can look at all these things. But see, here's the thing. In between the big rocks are a lot of space for the other things to come into place. And everything fits in. You can try this at home. But, but what we learn is order is important. Order is actually spiritual. God has always blessed what has come in proper order, come into proper order. And maybe you experience your marriage not blessed, your, 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 your relationship with God's not blessed, your finance not blessed, your health's not blessed, and, and you're just trying to fit the big things and overwhelmed by the small things. And you actually have to reorder your life. See, the right first thing always causes God to bless the rest. We see in the Bible, people brought the first part of their crops, the first part of their herd, and it said it redeemed the rest. There was a blessing on it. 
We see that all throughout the Bible. Gee, you know, Adam was the first son of sin in a way, and Jesus was the, the, brought the, the New Testament in. He was the, the son of grace, and, and, and he redeemed the rest. And even as we come to him, there's this redeeming power. But it's not only about um, coming to him, it's about putting him first. And you guys know what I'm about to say. If he's not first, he's not on your list. He's never come second, he's never come third, he's never come fourth. Jesus only comes first. See, you might go, I might ask you, what's your schedule like? What's important to you? And you'll, you'll go, this is what's important. And maybe you've got the five things that are important. But if you really wanna know what's important in your life, go look at your schedule and your bank account. Because your most valuable things are your time and your treasure. And we know it's your talent as well. But your, your time and your treasure tell you about where your heart's at. Your time and your treasure also tell you about how you've organized your life. Where your schedule's at, are the big rocks in place? This year, I had a friend who once went to the Super Bowl. He was in this church. He, it was a big thing. The, whole, the Super Bowl in America is like a whole week-long thing, and it's a build-up. And I heard a story about a guy at a Super Bowl once, and, and he actually uh, was there, and there was a gentleman next to him, and this gentleman had an empty seat. This is the Super Bowl. The tickets are so expensive, and this wasn't COVID or anything. Everyone could go, and this, the place was packed, but there was one seat open. He leaned over and says, why is the seat empty? He says, well, actually, it's my, it's my wife's seat. I said, well, he said, well, where's your wife? He said, well, she actually passed away. He said, well, it's quite honorable to keep her seat. But even in this time, isn't there like a family member, a friend you could have bought? He says, no, they're all at the funeral. <laughs> anyway, this year, you guys are a tough crowd. Anyway, <laughs> let's face it. This guy had his priorities out of whack, eh? Hey, you're allowed to laugh in church. I release you. Anyway, yeah, even... <laughs> so Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that may, we may gain a heart of, of wisdom. It's like if you can be aware of your time, you'll be way better with it. Wisdom is this ability to apply God's truth, the, the, to apply the right thing to your life. And if we can number our days, we can be way more wise. So, so as you order your life and the big rocks come into the right place, order determines capacity. So, so do not worry about, in Matthew 6, 31, 33, says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you, you, um, that you need them. So He knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's an order principle. If you seek first, all the things, so all the little pieces of stone and sand, it found a place because the principle, the order was in place and there was space in between the big rocks for everything else to fall in place. God says, if you seek first the kingdom, all the other things will be added. All the things you're worrying about, He will add them to your life if you would seek first. Order determines capacity. But you have disorder you lack capacity. A lot of us have lacked the capacity to fulfill our destiny and to do everything that's in our heart, but it's because our lives are in disorder. Order communicates priority. Revelations 2, 2 to 4, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance, yet I hold this against you. 
you have forsaken your first love. This was a busy church. God, Jesus was speaking to a busy church, a church that was doing the work. And he says, you've been going hard and you've been busy, but you've forsaken your first love. And we see again, God is after our heart. Order determines priority. Of course, Leanne and I, a big thing for us is we fast 21 days at the beginning of the year, and we're now going for the last seven days. We do Daniel fast. Now we're going to seven days of just liquid. And listen, you can go on the journey as you would like. But for us, it's important. It's not because we're just doing this. It's because we're saying, God, you are first. You are a priority. When we come to honoring in finances, because he's our priority. It's not because, you know, God, God owns a cattle in a thousand hills. He doesn't need it, but, but he wants my heart. And wherever my treasure is there, my heart will be also. God is important to us. And I'm weak and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm far from perfect and I make so many mistakes. I need him more than I need anything else. He is my priority. Order communicate, impacts, sorry, order impacts the rest. It not only gives you rest, it impacts the rest. There's many things you're trying to get to that you can't get to, and order will cause you to get to it. Order will release you to get to the rest. And, and Proverbs 3, 6 to 10 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, honor the Lord with your wealth. And this is a finance, this is a giving principle, but this overflows into all areas of your life. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What I want you to see there is when you have order, there is margin. There is breathing room. In disorder, there is no margin. There's no breathing room. We're always on the verge of a crisis. If it doesn't work out, everything is messed up. Disorder is tough. It's tough on our marriage. It's tough on our relationships. It's tough on your, on your colleagues because you're about to lose it with them because if it doesn't work out, everything goes wrong. Order impacts the rest of the things, but it also gives you rest. Gives you space to breathe. Proverbs 17 verse 24, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. You know how much is spent on running off in many directions when a wise person aims and uses their energy well. Matthew 22, 37, 38, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And, um, so, so love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. Uh, uh, and, and I promise you, in that space, as you do the greatest command, it says that the rest of the law is fulfilled. It's like it takes care of the rest. It's like God gives us keys that takes care of the rest. It's like he gives us this ability to overflow. God wants to overflow for you. He wants you to have breathing room. He wants you to have margin. He wants you to be somebody who can overflow. Not only take care of the rest, but find rest. So even as we understand this, that time's important, we need to put the big rocks in place. I wanna give you four, um, four ways to make your time matter and make time for what matters. Here we go, number one, make time 
for renewal. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, Therefore do not lose heart, though for outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. There's a part of you that's wasting away and there's another part of you that's been renewed every day. Which one are you focused on? Are you consumed by the part of you that's wasting away when you've got something inside of you that's been renewed every day? Can you focus on that and bring that to your marriage? Can you focus on that and bring that to your workplace? You've been renewed every day in Jesus' name because your Savior loves you. He's a good Father. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You've been renewed every day. What are you gonna focus on? Because there's a part of you that's fading away. And even as you do fade away, stay healthy. You know, eat well, do, go to gym, go for runs, go for walks. We live in the most beautiful place. Take care of your body. I'm not saying that. But when your body does feel weak, it's there to remind you that your body has never gonna determine your destiny. Your body never does that. Death has lost its thing. Death might knock on your door and say, look, you're fading away. You've, you're outwardly, you're fading away. But you're reminded, listen, here, even though I feel weak, I'm strong in Jesus. I've been renewed every day. Death has lost its thing. One day I'm going to be resurrected. I have resurrected power, resurrection power living inside of me. Take time for renewal on the area that's been renewed. Psalm 23, two to three says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. That's what He does. Another area of your life that's been restored and been renewed. He's a good God. You've got, a, you've got a part in your life. If you would just take time and, and sort of sit quietly and let God do that work He wants to do it in your life, He calls you to lie down at green pastures. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I always say this, if you want that shall not want part, you need to have the first part, the Lord is my shepherd. But He'll renew you, He'll strengthen you. So you're renewed, you're, you're strengthened, you're sharper, you're more effective in your day, there is a cutting edge to your life that you might not be aware of. It's your spiritual life. It's your relationship with God. And God can renew you. Mark 2 verse 27, then, then He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And he, the religious leaders almost made, you know, they, they almost wanted Sabbath to be this religious thing where they're just doing actions. But he said, Sabbath was, was made for the man. In a way, Sabbath is there to refresh you, restore you. And even as I'm speaking to you, I'm reminding you of your, the resurrection power that lives inside of you. You, you know that the, um, the Jews had the Sabbath on the Saturday, but the, the church moved sa Sabbath to the Sunday. You know Why? because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday. Today is a celebration of resurrection power that lives inside of you. That death has lost its sting. It can never overtake you. If you die, you're gonna take a nap, you're gonna wake up in heaven if you're in Christ. It's a celebration of the restoring power that's on your life, that you've been renewed. But, but the Jewish people did it so well. You know when they started their Sabbath? It's actually how they start every day. They started in the evening. They understand that rest prepares you for your best. They don't work hard and try to recover. They prepare to overcome. 
They prepared to conquer. It's like they got six hours to chop down a tree. They used four hours to sharpen the axe, two hours to chop down the tree. Everyone else is spending six hours with a blunt axe going, why is my life so hard? Why did I end up here? Why did this happen to me? You and I need to take time for renewal. It's the principle of first. It's the best way to start your day. I encourage you not only to sleep well, but I encourage you to wake up and worship well. I wake up, thank you, Jesus. I thank you so much for what you've done for me. Thank you for a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. It's just enough for today. Tomorrow, the mercies will be enough for tomorrow. And the next day after that, I just worship you. Now, start it off with the first principle. Number two, make time for reward. Can I have the worship team up? Well, just keys. A life that leads to doing things well. That's what I'm speaking about. A life that God would reward. Make sure you're living a life that's gonna be rewarding. A life that God would reward. Aim your life high. Aim your life for heaven. And I promise you, life will be more rewarding now. The life that's aimed at heaven, the person who aims their life at heaven enjoys today's life way more than others. When we don't aim our life at heaven, life becomes frustrating, it becomes miserable, it becomes meaningless. And Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14 says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. We can leave that scripture up. I want you to see this. I've seen all the things done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. If your life is just focused on what you can do under the sun, and today's a tough one to be doing things under the sun, But if your life's just focused on doing things under the sun, you'll find that life becomes meaningless. But if your life is focused on things that are above the sun in heaven, your life becomes meaningful. There's more to life when you're living for eternal life. You are made for a place that's heaven. You are made for a person that's Jesus. And you get to serve Him on earth. You get to partake in His resurrection power. You get to let Him renew you and restore your soul and refresh you and breathe life into you. He, he's the one who gives His children rest, they say. Why does He give us rest? So He can prepare us for, to overcome. He prepares us. He makes us sharper. He prepares us for the days ahead. We have margin because we've got the big rocks in place. So everything falls in place. We've got greater capacity because we put Him first. We can be a blessing. We can overflow and He can take care of the rest. The things we thought we'd never get to, there's an overflow in our life and we can rest. We live for heaven. I encourage you, on first Tuesday of this month, Growth Track, 6.30 to 8 p.m., I'll be there. It's our front door to our church. It's our first step. But what's amazing is, they say there are two great days. The day you're born and the day you discover why. Growth Track helps you discover why you're born and it gets you to start to live for heaven. And so I encourage you to get there if you've never done it. Or maybe you need to do it. You've done it, you wanna say, I really need to sign up and be part of a dream team and dream work makes the teamwork. That's why we got the dream team. Number three, make time for relationships. Don't just go to church. Fall in love with God. Find time for relationships with other people. The first time God's negative in the Bible, He says, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us. 
You and I were never meant to live in isolation. And I promise you, relationships are so refreshing. Laughing, having fun. You become like the people you spend time with. So I encourage you to be wise with your circle. Look at your circle say, do I really want my marriage to go in this direction? Do, do I want to do life like this? Because you will become like the people you spend time with. Who are you spending time with? But make sure you, you're making the most of the opportunity to have relationships. Proverbs 10 verse 27, reverence for God adds hours to each day. I love that scripture. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. You know, a lot of us say there's not enough hours in a day. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. It's something supernatural. You say, how does that work? Well, try it. Sort of honor Him, love Him, begin every day. See what He does with your hours. Hebrews 10 verse 25, let's, uh, let us not um, give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more, um, and all the more as, as you see the day approaching. And of course, it's speaking about the end times. I encourage you to carry on being in the house together. It says in the end times, God's church will be the highest point and the most important place in the community. It says, this is a end time prophecy. And it says, and everyone will gather. The end times prophecy is a gathering church. <laughs> the end times prophecy is a church being the highest place of community. What I love is, you know that we actually are in Tableview, this land is the highest piece of land in the community. We didn't even know it. The, the water tower was there to point it out. But I pray that for every church. I pray that for every church in Cape Town, it will be the highest point in the community. That people will flock to churches in this city and in this nation. And I pray that the gathering of people, I want to encourage you to gather, to see God do a miracle in your life, in your marriage. My children love the church. Uh, they're gathering right now. They go on Friday nights. They, um, I, I, want to see, I want to see my kids fall in love with Jesus um, and in that love overflowing, serving Him, loving His house. It says His church is His bride. I want to encourage you to gather, build relationships. Don't be isolated. Lastly, decide who's the most important. Because you've only got so much time and, and as you come in to this earth, you're gonna leave. I encourage you to decide who's the most important. Who's the first rock that you put into that jar? I encourage you to make it Jesus. Jesus loves you. He's, not, he's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share your affection in the means of with any other God. But He's also a gentle and forgiving and loving God, generous God. I pointed out the scripture, Matthew 2, 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest command. Is He first in your life? Maybe He used to be first and we always say this, if He saves us, but He also has to be Lord of our life. And if He's not first in the list, He's not on the list. He's never comes second, third, fourth, fifth. And that's what it means to be Lord. He's first. He's the first rock in the jar. And maybe you need to decide today to put Him first again. Or for the first time, come to Him and not only ask Him to forgive you of your sins, but to put Him first. See, the Scripture says you and I have a bill to pay. The wages of sin, our sin is dead. But Jesus dies on the cross and says, I'll pay for their sin, paid in full. And that's why Scripture says, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then Scripture says, and those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
If that's you and you want to call in His name, you want me to lead you in a prayer, either you're coming back to Him or calling on Him for the first time with every eye closed in table view, in Camps Bay and online. With every eye closed quickly. There's some people who just need to give me a wave and say, Andre, lead me in that prayer. And in Camps Bay, we're looking, Matt and the team are out there. Will you pop your hand up? Let us lead you in that prayer. I'm gonna count to three. If that's you, one, two, three. Pop your hand up. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? God bless you. Awesome. Come on to Camps Bay. Pop your hand up. That's you coming back. You're saying, I, I wanna receive him as my savior. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together as a church family. We're gonna confess that He's the Lord. The scripture says we confess and believe we'll be saved. Come on, let's do it together. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that You are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised You from the dead. Today, I call on Your name. And I thank you for saving me when you paid the price of my sin. I wanna make you the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Him in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. For anyone who made a decision and for anyone in the building, on our website, viewchurchtableview.ca, there's a following Jesus tab. If you click on it, it's a seven-step course that helps you with your foundations. Any one of you can do it in the comfort of your own home or on your device. I encourage you to do that. If you've never done a foundational course, go to followingjesus at viewchurchtaleview.ca. For everyone who has prayer requests, you'll see some of our cards on the chair. We're gonna be praying this week as we fast. We'll happily cover you in prayer. If you have any need this year or desire or breakthrough you need, fill it out on your chair or at the in our next steps area as you walk out, fill that in and we will cover in prayer. You don't have to write your name on it, just a request or if you wanna put your name on it, go for it. But we're gonna cover you in prayer. Don't wake up tomorrow wondering what's gonna happen in 2022. Wake up knowing that we're praying for you. Remember, we're gonna be fasting and praying all the way from Monday to Friday at church, seven to 8 p.m. View Kids is open. We're gonna be worshiping. It's phenomenal. If you've never been to an encounter night, you wanna be here. And then on Sunday night, it's our finale and we're gonna be praying. We're gonna be doing a dream card where people can put their dreams out, write their dreams out, even a bucket list, what they're believing for, for their family, for their kids. And, and I encourage you to do it this week. It's just the first part of the year we do this and we believe God blesses the rest. For all the new people, as you walk out, there'll be cappuccinos. As you walk out, the banner in front of you and you can use your voucher over the next few weeks. God bless you guys. Cheers.